Welcome to Inspiring Teachers. I'm your host, Kimberly Burkhart. I'm an educator and mindset and life coach with over 20 years experience in the field. If you want to reignite your passion for teaching, reignite your students' passion for learning, and create a classroom community where you and your students feel content and inspired, then this podcast is for you. Let's ditch those Sunday night blues for you and your students. Hey, educators. Welcome to our very first episode of this podcast. Um, I've been wanting to do this for a really long time, and I finally decided to just do it. We're going to do this, and I hope that I can be a blessing to you, and this is something that can inspire you and um, give you something to take back to your classroom and to your students. So who the heck am I to be telling you anything? So let me just give you a rundown. I promise I won't do this every episode, but I want you to understand who I am and what experiences I have. Um, I have my bachelor's degree in elementary education. I have my master's degree in literacy. My very first teaching job was out in Montana in a little one-room schoolhouse. I taught kindergarten through eighth grade in one classroom for two years, and it was absolutely amazing. But we'll have to save that for another episode. I've spent 17 years in public education in New York State. Um, I've been in kindergarten, first, third, and sixth in uh, three different school districts, uh, different sizes, different needs, different communities. I have been awarded Educator of the Year. I am a New York State Master Teacher Emeritus. Um, I was a Trout in the Classroom Educator. I was awarded Conservationist of the Year for my work with Trout in the Classroom. Um, more importantly, I am a wife. I am a mama of two teenage boys. My oldest just went to college this year, and my youngest is in ninth grade. And I am God's work in progress. Um, I'm still working on me all these years later. So I want to be very upfront with you. Um, I left the classroom this year due to some personal versus professional reasons. Um, I'm sure we'll discuss this later in another episode, but I still have a passion for students and education and I still want to give value. So I am taking this time to pour into all of you and hope that I can make a difference this way. So let's talk about this first day of school. Do you have a plan book packed full with all the things you want to do, all the routines you want to go over, all the things you need to show them and tell them, all the activities, all the curriculum you want to jump in? Or maybe you've already started the year and you're like, oh my gosh, I did the first day. It was a nightmare. I didn't get through what I wanted to. Or maybe you had a wonderful first day. So wherever you are, you can either use this to help you with your upcoming first day of school or you can apply it for next year. Or you know what? You can start over. And I've done that before. I've told the kids, hold up. We are starting our school year over again. We are going to back up and pretend that none of this ever happened. We're going to erase what we've done and we're going to start fresh. So that's okay too. So I was the teacher who had my plan book full. I had to do a practice fire drill and I had to teach them all the routines and I had to show them where everything was and give them a tour of the building, especially in kindergarten. My goodness, there was so much to cover. And I found that they were just so overwhelmed. All they wanted to do was go play or talk to their friends or find out when lunch was. So I really changed my beginning of the school year routine um, to have a lot less packed in there. Because you know what? You want the kids to love their day and you want them to want to come back tomorrow and you want to want to come back tomorrow. So 
some of the lessons that I've learned, I learned the hard way. So I'll never forget, especially in public school, those first years with kindergartners trying to go through all of their backpacks and their supplies and all their things. And all they wanted to do was to know all the questions to all the things and when we were doing things and what they could touch. And they were into all the things that they shouldn't be touching. Um, And I felt very torn between needing to take care of all of the first day of school tasks and kicking them off to a good start. Um, Something I started doing that really helped, um, number one, it might be a little too late um, for you for this, but the first thing that I did was I started a meet the teacher night. I would just stay late one of the nights when I knew my room was done, got permission from administration. I know this doesn't always work everywhere, um, but I would bring the kids in and have the parents bring any paperwork, their supplies, um, anything that they needed to put into their cubby or their locker. The kids could have a tour of the room so that the first day they came in, they weren't so overwhelmed. Their things were already there. If you can do this, I absolutely suggest that you make your life and their lives a lot less stressful and easier um, by giving them this heads up. So that would be the best case scenario. The second thing I do is I make sure there's something fun. There's a task there that's going to take them quite a bit of time to buy me time. You never know who's going to be crying and won't come through the door. You never know which parent isn't going to be able to leave. (laughs) Um, It depends on the uh, security of your building and how far they let parents get. You never know like what whammies you're going to get with like parents sending in all sorts of things and notes. And it's just, oh, it's a surprise every year. No matter how prepared you think you are, you're not. So some of the things I did was um, if they were younger kids, they had their birthday crowns to decorate. But guess what? Little Johnny is going to have his done in two seconds. He's going to scribble on it. He's going to slap a bunch of stickers on it. And he's going to say he's done and he's bored. So make sure you have several things ready. Have a like craft or something to go up on the bulletin board or like a birthday crown, something that's going to serve a purpose that you really need them to get it done. Because when they don't want to do it, you can be like, well, hey, I need this ready. We're going to put this on the bulletin board or we need this ready for when it's your birthday so that you can reassure them that you they're being a big helper by doing what you're asking them to do. And then have some next steps ready. Have some stem bins or some building things out. Have many different stations so that there's several things from kids to choose from. Um, make sure they understand that they can't do those things until they have completed the tasks in order. Um, it's kind of tough the first day because you don't have time to go over the rules yet. You're just hoping that they have enough social skills and school skills that they're going to be able to play and build and explore and work on whatever you left while you can take care of some stuff. Okay, so if you're taking notes and you just jotted down 15, 20 minutes to do that, I want you to scratch that out and block out a good hour. Yes, an hour. If you finish earlier, that's fantastic, but you have no idea what could happen or how much things you're going to have. So have plenty planned backup activities that um, you don't need to get to in the first day, but also be prepared that you might only get through about a quarter of what you wanted to get through. And that's okay. Don't let them see your stress. (laughs) So After that's done, you've gotten through things, you have a pile ready to go to the office, or you have somebody taking it to the office, whatever you need to do. Don't forget to take attendance. I always forget to take attendance the first week of school. Um, Then I would highly suggest 
taking a bathroom break, going for a walk, depending on their their age levels, even sixth graders, you know, they're probably in a new space in the building. They need to kind of know where they're allowed to go. Um, and kindergartners will absolutely need to know where to go. So it's just good. You might have new students that have never been in the district. Just take them all for a walk. Maybe, you know, go by some of the specials, practice quiet hall walking, you know, um, stop at the bathroom, swing by the office, say hi to the secretary, drop off things there, swing by the nurse's office, drop things off there. A lot of times teachers think that that's just a kindergarten thing or a pre-K or first time at school. Um, But when kids are in a new room with a new teacher in a new part of the building, it's nice to just kind of get a lay of the land. And you can you can just say, you know, we're just doing this in case there's somebody who doesn't know. That way they think, okay, we're doing this to help everybody. It's not because we can't handle this. So that would be my next suggestion. After that, I'm telling you, they're going to be hungry. <laughs> they have not been on a meal schedule all summer, and they're going to be asking when lunches. Um, if you just had breakfast at school, that's a little bit different. But again, there's going to be kids who eat at home and they're going to be starving. So I would suggest a snack time. Even if it's not your scheduled snack time that you would normally have, be flexible today. They are going to be off their routine. They've been eating whenever they want all summer, sleeping in. They're going to be hungry and they're going to be exhausted. So feed those babies. Okay, so they've had some time to explore They've had time to go to the bathroom, get a little walk around, and hopefully you've fed them. Now they're ready to listen to you for a little while. This is your golden opportunity to have a meeting. I suggest bringing them somewhere comfortable where you're nice and cozy. If you have a carpet in your room, somewhere where you can have like a a close family style meeting um, and really talk about routines. I wouldn't even talk about your normal routine. Just talk about the first day. Just go over the day's schedule and the goals that you hope to accomplish and ask them if they have any questions and do they have any fears? Do they have anything they're worried about about the school year? Um, Just take some time to let them know how the day will go because they're not worried about every day. They're really just worried about today, when they're getting their needs met. And, you know, talk about some of the things that they might be concerned about. If you have time to get going into some more um, routines and things around the room, great. But don't turn this into an hour-long thing of explaining everything in the classroom and how everything will be done because you will lose them. They will be exhausted and they won't want to come back tomorrow. There are two very important routines that I want to teach the kids the first day of school. Number one is safety. So always make sure you have time to squeeze in fire drill protocols and lockdown protocols, just so the kids understand where they're going, which exit they're using, maybe even take them out there. Um, Plan some time for this because they have tons of questions, especially if you have a student that's new to the district. Um, But my other favorite procedure to learn the first day of school is to start working on our literacy block. So what's very important to me as a teacher is my students being able to work independently and being able to read themselves with them to themselves independently. So um, I actually use strategies from the Daily Five. If you have not read that book, you need to get it and you need to read it and take notes and put sticky notes in it everywhere. Um, It has been tried and true every single year with every single grade level. So the first thing we do is I teach them about good fit books. And you can do this with pre-K all the way up through sixth grade. So I do a little mini lesson about, you know, 
a good fit shoe. You can actually, if, if the kids are little, you can even bring in shoes or try to take one of the kids' shoes and put it on your foot just so they get a little funny representation that not every book is a good fit for them. Um, we do the I Pick Wrap, which is also from the Daily Five. So it's um, I Pick, I-P-I-C-K. And there's even, if you uh, if you look up on YouTube, there are some I Pick Wraps that kids do. I teach them the wrap and we do it. Um, sixth graders, not so much, but everywhere under that, it has worked. So the I is I choose. We talk about how, you know, nobody chooses a book um, for them unless they want them to. Like they need to pick their book. They know what they like and what they are capable of. Um, P, purpose. Why are they reading it? Are they reading it for enjoyment? Are they reading it to learn something? Why are they reading that book? I is interest. Do they like it? Because if they don't like it and they don't have to read it, then why why have it? What's the point? C is comprehend. When they start reading like the first paragraph, are they able to comprehend the words? Maybe they can read them, but do they understand it? If they're not comprehending and understanding, that's not a good fit book for them. And K is no. Do they know most of the words? If they're struggling with too many words and it's not a good fit book. Um, this is where data from the year prior is very helpful. Um, I actually use Accelerated Reader because we use Star Tests. Um, your district, I'm sure, does something unique, but something to know where your kids are. Um, if you don't have anything like this, um, you might want to do some research because this really helps kids pick their own books. My classroom library is labeled um, with the accelerated reader levels. So for instance, sixth grade, um, 6.0, and then there's 6.1, 6.2, all the way up to 6.9, and then it goes to 7.0, which is seventh grade. Um, I love it because I can look books up and I can see what grade level they are um, rated um, as far as readability and comprehension. Just be careful with content and make sure it's appropriate content for your age level. Um, and then I have book baskets labeled, um, separated out by levels. So um, I use data from the year before and give the students what I think their range of good fit books is. Now, if you have no data going in, this might take a little longer, but it's still doable. So I, I teach the kids about picking a good fit book. And then um, I give them something to keep them busy again while I bring kids back to the classroom library. And we pick out um, it five to seven good fit books. If it's chapter books, then, you know, we, we do like one or two and try to throw some picture books in there because, you know, there are some good picture books that are those upper um, reading levels. And actually, I'm betting you have enough kids who are below grade level that some of those picture books would be very helpful. There's actually some great picture books that are more mature, but they have the, the, the reading level to match your kiddos. So, that takes a while. Getting all the kids through the classroom library and helping them pick books that are a good fit um, and might have them put them into a book box. I have a bin ready to go with, with their name on it and they keep their books there. Um, I didn't, didn't use desks for years, so that'll be a whole nother conversation. So this is really important because with all the crazy things that can happen in the first week of school, I want the kids to have a book box with books that they're interested in and, they, they, and that they can read so that if I need a moment or I need to deal with a student who's, you know, struggling being in school, I have a backup and I have a, they have a box of books to go to. So um, you can have another project for them to do while you're 
bringing the kids through like three or four at a time to the classroom library. You can give them some free um, building time. You can give them an art project to work on, something for the bulletin board, a writing project. All depends on their age levels. Um, so then once that is done, then we take another break usually. they've That's another chunk of time. They're exhausted. You might have a special or a lunch period or a recess by now anyway. And when we meet back up, we start talking about how we read books. You might be saying, Kim, what do you mean teach them how to read books? I have to teach them how to read on the first day of school? No. This is using read to self time properly. Again, you can find all of this in the daily five. Um, I've kind of made my own tweaks to it, but that's where my inspiration came from. So I teach them what read to self looks like. So I model it. I model what it is and model what it isn't. I bring kids up, you know, to kind of make, make jokes about it and uh, do the things that I'm not supposed to do. But it just makes it like, okay, well, you guys all know what's expected now. So they can't say, oh, I didn't know. So a lot of the rules are just, you know, that you're reading the whole time, that you pick a book and you start right away. You have your book box. You've already done that. We don't waste time looking for books during read to self time. That is a terrible, terrible habit. Don't let your kids get into that habit. And if they already have that habit, it's going to be a hard one to break, but stick to your guns on that one. So really we want, like if they have read to self for 20 minutes, you want them reading for that full 20 minutes. They need that. So their book should be ready to go. They need to pick a spot to read right away. They need to pick a book to read right away. They are not supposed to be talking with their neighbors and they're supposed to be reading the whole time. We actually have these rules written out. They are told read the whole time. Um, and I set a timer. So we talk about we talk about the rules. The kids kind of make a prediction of how many minutes they think they can make it without anyone breaking the rules. And I usually I have a graph the first few weeks of school so we can track our minutes and how long they've made it with the entire class following the rules. Now I am not a drill drill sergeant. If there's a student who struggles staying on task, I will give them some quiet reminders, but if they're totally lost and my reminders aren't helping, then then we stop. Um, having some type of noisemaker, like I had a little frog puppet that sang, or some type of wind chime, or something, some type of music, some type of beep, something so that the kids know um, the time is up or you're calling them back to the meeting place, um, that signals that reading time is over and they need to put their bookmarks in. Kids need to understand that they will be able to read these books again. We are just putting a pin in it. We're just pausing for now. Um, I actually have fun bookmarks ready for them or have sticky notes um, for them to have access to whenever they need to so that they can save their spot in a book. Because as much as we love when they get deep into a book, there are times when we have to move on to other things and they have to be responsible to be where they need to be on time. So I give them the rules. They, they make their, their guesses of how many minutes they think they will make it. They get their book boxes. They go all around the classroom and they sit down and I tell them not to start until I start the timer. This won't have to happen once you're rolling with your, with your instruction. Um, but this is a good training mechanism to use. So once they are all out at their spots, um, they have their book boxes with them. They're comfortable you have your timer ready. I actually say on your mark, get set, read. And I set the timer and they see how long they can make it. Um, I try not to interrupt them. I do try to be like, oh my gosh, you guys made it five minutes. Keep going. Um, but I don't want to distract their comprehension and their interest in their books. So um, I try not to interrupt them too much. 
and it's going to be really hard, but you need to model this as well. Don't use this time to talk to other teachers in the room or to your classroom aide or, or get work done. Have a book ready yourself and model good reading. So don't get lost in your book. Make sure you're peeking and listening. And I even like to walk around the room while I'm reading or I'll, you know, read a page and then I'll just kind of walk around the room and I'll sit down and read another page just so the kids know that you're around and, you know, you're you're not going to be the type of teacher this year that's too busy with your group that you don't notice that they haven't read for an entire center. Um, so this is just laying the groundwork so that you have kids who will go read to themselves. You can trust that when you're working with a group or if you need to handle something, they are using their learning time wisely. So if they break the rules, bring them on back, celebrate how many minutes they made. Don't make them feel bad for that because we're building stamina. Chart it. Um, I had like, if they made it to 20 minutes, I would give them a piece of candy or we would have an ice cream party or something, whatever you want to do anything, or you can just leave it as, um, which I wish I had done more of just the satisfaction that they did it. Just celebrating them. I actually like to hang their graph out in the hallway too, and make a big deal about it. I'll even email the principal sometimes so that they come and visit and congratulate them. So that is how I build stamina and I set the expectations so that they are ready to read when I need them to read. And that will last all school year. Now you're going to have to keep this up. You're going to have to practice this every day. If you're doing kindergartners, mm, you might have to practice this for three weeks. If you're doing third graders, maybe about a week. If you're doing sixth graders, usually a few days, um, they get the hint. But you need to stay on them because they find they're, they're really good at uh, straying away from the rules and what they're supposed to be doing. Um, you know, sixth graders, they got lots going on. So really, this is the most of what I cover in the first day of school. So you might have time to add in a little bit of curriculum or another fun activity, but really the purpose of your first day is to make sure that they feel comfortable and safe. They know where they are. They know where the bathroom is. They know how to get places. They know where the nurse is. They know what to do if there's a fire drill. They know what to do if there's a lockdown. And they feel comfortable in your classroom. So you've made it a warm place where you're not running around like a chicken with your head cut off. You're not getting frustrated because you're trying to teach routines and and they're not listening and are rolling around on the rug. <laughs> yeah, been there. You probably know exactly what I'm talking about. You want to make them feel safe and you want them to feel like this is a great place and I want to come back tomorrow. So guess what? You might be like, but Kim, I didn't teach anything today. Yes, you did. You taught them that this is their classroom, yours, your community, your family. Don't ever refer to the classroom as it being just yours as the teacher. It is all of your classroom. You have taught them that it's a safe place. You have taught them that you're someone who is going to be patient and is going to guide them through step by step. And just like you guided them through the first day of school, you're going to guide them through some really tough stuff this year that they might encounter. You've taught them your expectations for Read to Self. And now you have that in your toolkit that you can continue using and build on it. That will be a humongous asset for you as you move through the school year. So if that's all you get through, that is okay. But try to throw in some dancing or some singing or some story time 
whatever best fits your personality. Don't try to be somebody who you're not the first day of school because they're going to figure that out really quickly when they realize that you've never done it again after the first day of school. Give them a piece of your personality that they're like, yeah, that's my teacher. My teacher is the best story read aloud. That didn't make sense. But yes, my teacher does the best story read alouds. My teacher is so fun and puts on the most fun dance songs. And I didn't think I wanted to dance, but I couldn't help but I wanted to dance. And by the way, if kids don't want to dance, don't make them. They might eventually. Just keep giving positive interactions to the ones who are and don't make the ones who don't feel bad. Um, If you have like some old fashioned songs that help kids memorize things, you know, that's amazing too. And kids appreciate that. Or maybe you have some amazing stories of places you've traveled or, or funny things, or you have funny stories about your animals at home. Give the kids the real you. What are they going to be like? Oh, I wonder what story Mrs. Burkhart's going to tell us today. Oh, I wonder what book she's going to read us today. Oh, I wonder what song we're going to dance to today. So find what's you because you want to keep doing it and you don't want to just, you know, hook them in the first day of school and then never do it again because the kids are going to be very bitter towards that. They're going to realize, oh, she just did that to kind of get us excited about school, but she hasn't done it the rest of the year. So find what it is. What is it that those kids are going to remember you for? And really make sure they experience that experience that the first day of school. So friends, that's it in a nutshell. Um, hopefully you found some value in this. If you already have a handle on the first day of school, that is amazing. So look out for those teachers who don't and give them some of your advice or send them my way to this podcast. So What are we going to be able to expect from this podcast going forward? I have some amazing things that I want to talk to you about. Um, Today was pretty basic, but I thought this was important. Um, You can't really do the things that I'm going to talk about unless you've really established a good rapport and a good system with your kiddos. And the first day of school starts everything off on the right foot. So we're going to talk about um, guided inquiry learning. We're going to learn about project-based learning. Um classroom environment and how your students feel, feeling like a classroom uh, family. We're going to talk about best practices and how to nail highly effective on your teacher evaluations, Um, communicating with parents, dealing with all the yucky things that come along with being a teacher, um, the hard things to deal with, Um, working on your mindset, working on your students' mindset, differentiation, I mean, we could go on and on and on. I have lots I want to share with you, lots of experiences I've had over the past 20 years um, that I learned the hard way. Um, And I didn't really have anybody showing me the way. I had to do a lot of my own research and uh, dig deep and and get through the hurt and the pain and and the mistakes. Um, And I want to share that with you um, because maybe that'll make things easier for you um, so you can inspire your students and make your classroom an amazing place for not only your students to be, but for you to be as well. Because let's face it, if you don't want to be there and you are not enjoying your job, kids aren't going to learn. So that is going to be our focus. So I hope you join me for our next episode. And if you could please like and share this episode so that we can um, build our platform of followers and we can um, reach more teachers, which reaches more students and helps more people. That wraps up today's episode. Remember, if you love today's show, I'd love for you to give a review, give it a like and share it with someone who needs it. If you want to learn more, you can follow me on Facebook, Teachers Inspiring Teachers. 
And I will have more info coming soon with a amazing website and some courses that you can take. I can't wait to share it with you all. Thanks for joining me.